welcome once again to the Anthony Gordon Show. Uh, a special friend, a special guest, and uh, I think in many ways, someone whose uh, life and, uh, and legacy is close to my heart. Uh, this is a big welcome into the studio, Marshall Newhouse. Besides being a uh, an NFL veteran, uh, and, I, and when we say veteran, it's very, very much few and far between pro athletes that you know, spend a decade in the pro league, uh, but also someone who's been very outspoken in an area uh, that is sort of a pet, you know, a pet area of mine, and that he's trying to uh, ensure that athletes have financial literacy that are um, ready to sort of see the bigger picture and ready to make a transition after their professional gig into the next step uh, of their life. Marshall, welcome once once again to the the Anthony Gordon Show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's my pleasure. So I think that that what I always try and do is picture the listeners and sort of the questions that they that they would want me to ask you. So I think the intrigue, you know, of most people is that out of the hundreds or the thousands, you know, of youngsters that begin their journey, begin uh, pursuing any type of of sport, the number of guys that become uh, you know, make it to the league. Professional athletes is, is is very small, and then the number of guys who've had the longevity that you have is is very very small. So, can you just give our listeners just a little bit of a background, uh, you know, as to your journey and 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 when you know when you sort of felt that you were on the way towards uh, a you know the life of a professional NFL athlete? I think the the number to keep in mind is three years. That's the average. Okay. Uh, time in the NFL right now, right now it's actually less than that, and so to keep that in mind, and so you know, wow. I really didn't know how serious the NFL thing was, uh, maybe until my junior year of college. But um, you know, was lucky that parents who always preached, you know, education and and self determination and all that stuff. And um, but when it started to become real, I understood that even though it's real now, it could be gone tomorrow. Uh, statistics say it'll I'll be done in three years. Um, and so if I'm going to, you know, be an outlier in those statistics, uh, there's some things that I'll have to kind of do to kind of set myself apart. And a lot of that is just the hard work. Plenty of that is the talent that you're given, but you've got to do something with that. So the hard work and the application of that talent um, was, has been a, a big deal for me. And, uh, you know, my, my ride hasn't been uh, what you call smooth. I've been on eight different teams. So there's a lot right. of, perseverance a lot of uh uh extenuating circumstances that i've had to fight through and, and figure out and adapt to along the way so you touched on 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 something which i think has been you know one, one of the uh, thesis of the show and one of the underlying themes and that is that every single person at least that i've ever met who has achieved success on any level has had to overcome you know adversity has had to push through and People often ask what the difference between those who make it and those the, the many who, you know who unfortunately don't. What do you think the the the, the core qualities that you've needed to cultivate to pick yourself up? You know, when the going gets tough, and when you know m- many other people would give up. Yeah, there's just you know football. I think is the greatest sport, the greatest in- indicator of of team dynamics and and people uh, ad- uh, buying into their roles and excelling in their positions. And, uh, you know, I've been asked to do a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's been very 
um, you know, advantageous, you know, with me in mind by, you know, authority. And sometimes it's been people who are throwing speed bumps in my way on purpose where, you know, and you know, that's the politics of it that you kind of figure out later on. But, um, either way, um, I've, I've, you know, I realized luckily early on that, uh, you know, it's less about the things that are put in front of you and more about how you're reacting to them in the moment and then in long term. So my, my gut instinct was to just throw determination at it. It was, you know, use that as a little motivation, a little fire, uh, sure. any kind of doubt or any kind of, uh, suppression from, you know, this competitive industry. Cause it is ultimately competitive. It is cutthroat. It is yep. true at all levels. Um, there's, you know, I'm, I'm a 10 year veteran going into my 11th year and sure. literally every year there's a, a new batch of yeah. 1500, uh, young players who are trying to take your job and there's a limited amount of jobs in the NFL. And so that's always a, a dynamic that's in play. And so, um, you know, being able to adapt on your toes, um, and then really just outworking people, you know, finding yeah. ways to, uh, get an edge in the off season, yeah. physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, all that stuff uh, adds up and it matters. So take me into the proverbial virtual locker room, if you will. Um, the difference between the NFL and the NBA amongst a number of other things is, is there's no guarantee. Um, you know, it's really, there's no safety net. The balance between building collegiality as a team versus the harsh reality of knowing, you know, the guy next to you, um, if, if, uh, if heaven forbid you pull a muscle, we'll be only too happy to take, <laughs> to take, you know, to take your part. So how, how, how do you balance that in the feeding of competitiveness within your own team and at the same breath, you know, learn to develop a trust and a, a mutual work ethic? Yeah, that's uh, there's, that's a whole nother interpersonal dynamic that people don't really realize. And that, you know, some of it carries over into, you know, the real world, uh, if, sure. if you will. Um, but yeah, there's, um, complete push and pull in play when I, you know, there's a guy in my same position who's brand new, maybe drafted high and I've got to balance healthy competition, making him recognize that I'm going for this spot. I'm going to put everything I have into it. And also uh, him understanding that it doesn't have to be a zero sum where sure. I completely either try to kneecap you or vice versa, or we're talking down each other or we aren't supporting each other. Cause that's just not the case. I've, there's people who have dealt with it that way and maybe they've had success, but in my, uh, in, in my honest opinion, I don't feel like that's necessary. I feel like there's a way to do it. And a lot of it has to do with security. Like, are you, how secure are you yep. and yourself yep. and your abilities and, you know, how to develop that. And, you know, there's times when I was, when I was younger and I was just, everybody was a threat and you very closed off and sure. um, it's hard to develop relationships that way. And um, I think that flip got switched and I realized that there's, there's a way to do both to compete really, really hard, let people know where you stand, pick us, you know, stand up for yourself and, you know, bring other younger guys along both in the, on the football field, you know, physically and mentally how they prepare for the game. And, you know, ultimately we're all trying to win. So if we're on the same team, you know, trying to have them rowing in the same direction you're rowing. Sure. Uh, and then off the field, trying to teach people some of the things that I didn't have from an older veteran necessarily to kind of uh, guide me in the right direction. So I've kind of taken that upon myself to, to you know, if 
for people who want it. Cause at the end of the day, people, you know, some people just aren't receptive to that or yeah. that's not what they're here for. And that's fine. But uh, for people who want it, I feel like there's a role for me to play in that. And while also, you know, still doing my job and, and competing for my job. So the dynamic that you just responded to was the dynamic between being a team versus, you know, maintaining your position. What about guys that have to, you know, just balancing a family life, you know, as a, as a, as a, in the most intense few months, uh, just your thoughts on, you know, how, how do you, I mean, I'm not sure what percentage of guys, you know, are, are single versus married, but you know, it, I would imagine it's, it's, it's a, it's a tremendous internal strain for the weeks that you're, uh, you know, when it's game on. Yeah, to a degree, I can only speak from my experience. I have never been married. I don't have children, uh, but yeah. I've been a lot or a lot of older guys who I respect and admire who do have uh, wives and children uh, who've managed to make it work. And uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. That balance is is ultimately very straining. Um, yeah. And, you know, you know, without a good partner, that's uh, an extra an extra amount of stress that uh, a lot of people don't know, you know, sure. is coming uh, or and maybe it's too until it's too late or it. it yeah. It, you lose on both ends if you're not prepared for it. So you lose as a family, like a father or a husband, and you lose as a professional athlete if you're not prepared for it because it's taken from both tanks. And sometimes both tanks don't have enough. And so there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a, a large amount of sacrifice. Um, you know, there's guys who, wherever city you're playing in, that might not be your hometown uh, or where your family is. And so there's wives and kids who split time, and there's wives yeah. and kids who live with the guy full time. Uh, it's just a dynamic that to each their own, but it's it's an added element that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot because there's a lot of stress, a lot of strain on top of uh, players. You know, you mentioned before not having you know guaranteed contracts, so yeah. you know there's that uncertainty all the time about you know what could you know this is literally our uh, our lifeline, our our way of life, and how we're earning a living, and that uncertainty can reflect in your home life. And that's not sure. easy to deal with unless you're grounded uh, in whatever that is for you, whether that's faith or a foundation of just personal responsibility and accountability and, and yep. a, a family strength unit. So yeah, it's, it's an extra strain uh, and it's not easy by any stretch. So it's, it's interesting, Marshall. I think most people sort of romanticize and they see the, the, the glory, but it, you know, it, there's a price to pay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take you through a hypothesis. You uh, you find Mrs. Wright in the next uh, couple of years. Uh, the guys get married. Marshall Jr. comes along. Marshall Jr. grows up, and he's 11, 12, 13, and uh, you can see the guy's got athletic prowess, early teenagers, turns to you and says, Dad, there's nothing that I would want more than to follow in your footsteps and become a pro professional ball player. <laughs> how would you, how would you advise him? How would you feel given the fact that clearly it's not the easiest life um, and, and certainly crazy intensity for a good portion of the year? Right. That's a, you know, that's a, a hard, harder question that people were having to ask themselves now, especially in line of, you know, a lot of the, the traumatic brain injury stuff that we know, the repeated sure. hits, um, the, just the damage, it, the toll it takes on your body. And I would say, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, who knows when I'll have kids, but to me, it's, it's more about preparing them, uh, as a, as an athlete and as a, 
a man or 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 girl. Um, yep. And I want them to play as many sports as possible, find what they're passionate about. But at that junction point, wherever they might be, if they do want to play football, that's fine. We're, you know, I'm at the place where delaying uh, the time to when you actually are hitting and, and carrying 10 to 15 pounds of extra equipment. Um, to me, that delaying that until a, a later date is fine. There's no, yep. there's people who are kind of in hysterics about it. And it's just not that way. I think there's so yep. much of football that can be learned and honed skill wise uh, in the early years, as you're learning coordination, I mean, you shouldn't be putting a helmet and pads on if you can't control your own body and your movements and, sure. you know, your body's still developing. So to me, uh, you know, we'll have, it's obviously across that bridge and we get to it type thing, but I have no qualms with football. It's just, you'll have to wait for a while because the, the actual dangerous part, the hitting part to me needs to be delayed uh, as late as you, as late as you can, and can do it personally. And, and situationally. So football is a great sport and there's plenty of flag football, plenty of touch football and skills that can be acquired as an, as just a pure athlete before you ever put a pads and a helmet on. Um, And I think we kind of skip over that part because a lot of what attracts people to football is the violence. And yeah, um, but we're talking about kids and their uh, mental development and their physical development. I mean, that stuff can be delayed. And I think, you'll see more and more people uh, delay it uh, until a, a different amount of time when they're more mature can take yep. that. Well, yeah. it, again, going back to trying to figure out what our listeners uh, would want to ask, there's, there's a few clear elephants in the room that clearly, uh, you know, I would feel that our listeners would want to ask, and that is just like there are very few guys that make it to the pros and make it as long as you have, there's obviously a very select group of guys, you know, that have a Super Bowl ring. You you found yourself a Super Bowl champion as a rookie. I mean, I, I can't imagine the, the the level of stress, anxiety, uh, euphoria. Interested if you could just just take us through the uh, the sequence of the day and and just the whole build up. And, and then running through that tunnel. I, I would imagine that so many people listening to this podcast have vicariously, you know, felt that dream. And it'll be, it's, uh, I think it'd be very unique to, to hear firsthand from someone who's done it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, it was an absolute privilege, especially, you know, being a part of a Super Bowl team in my rookie year. Uh, there's guys who go their whole careers without sniffing the Super Bowl. And so I'm you know, yeah. very fortunate to have been a part of that. And this, yeah. So much of that uh, buildup is, is you can just feel the weight of you know, the importance of that moment. You know, from the end of the NFC and AFC championships, there's two weeks until the Super Bowl. So yeah. there's two weeks of buildup, two weeks of practice, film, uh, meetings, travel, uh, all that extra stuff in between. And so there's plenty of chances to kind of try to make sense of it, but you don't, we'll never really get a sense of it until you get to that moment, until you got, you know, serious nerves the night before the day of the game, you're, you know, our locker room was just dead silent, uh, before the game. And it was in my hometown. So that was cool. I had friends and family there in Dallas That's at very Cowboys cool. stadium. And you just felt the gravity of the situation you were in. And, um, you know, running out just, we had, I think they were trying to break the Super Bowl attendance records. There was a hundred plus thousand people easily there. And I mean, just running out was just, you know, incredible feeling, uh, such a cool moment. And, 
but you also realize you get moments to focus back in and reel it back in once you kind of you soak that up but you also store you compartmentalize it because there's a game yeah, you, that you realize that you know getting here and taking all of a sudden and then losing is maybe equally as <laughs> is worse yeah. so you know luckily you know we had aaron Rodgers who was just had was playing out of his mind on that playoff run and uh, yep. a team full of really talented guys charles woodson and a lot yep. of guys who were role players we had a lot of turnover that year a lot of injuries um different things that happened we fought away back into the playoffs and so yeah all those guys stepping up in moments uh and and having that play out and and winning the super bowl was, it was just incredible it's uh so many things have to go right for to get to that point and then sure. in the moment so many things have to go right guys have to execute uh the ball has to kind of bounce your way uh to get to that that ultimate pinnacle of, of the nfl and that's when the lombardi trophy so uh it was an incredible experience I can imagine. And, and, and I guess the other white elephant that I'm sure folks would, would want me to ask is that you just sort of coming out of a season, you know, where your pro- proverbial job description was, uh, you know, to protect and defend uh, Tom Brady, uh, you know, arguably, um, arguably the greatest quarterback in the game. To, I'm just interested in your thoughts on um, just working with someone like Tom um, and you know, being in a franchise like the Patriots, which obviously is uh, a club that 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 is world renowned, and, and just the experience of that whole dynamic. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the situation in which I got signed there was very unique and kind of a whirlwind. I, I, you know, I was they had an injury, and I was coming off an injury myself, and signing, get working out, and signing there on a Wednesday, and going through meetings and stuff and you end up starting on a Sunday for the Patriots, you know, it's just uh, wow. it's a called a whirlwind is kind of an understatement. So from the the moment I was there, you know, I was just a guy. I luckily had a, a former teammate from college who had been there. And so he helped me along a little bit, but I was just a, a, a guy who was just kind of thrust in this position. So, you know, there's expectations, but it's also like, man, he hasn't even been through camp with us. So there's a lot going through my mind. It was just, that first few weeks was just constant studying, focusing, sleeping, eating. It was just, there was nothing else that I could have done. Uh, and, you know, you go into the first meetings and, you know, Tom is just on another level was focused and his attention to detail. And, you know, he's holding guys accountable, even in walkthroughs and the pace of the walkthrough is just so high tempo. And it's just a, a way to um, mentally kind of burn in a lot of the, the muscle memory uh, and also sure. just the, the, your assignments and it's challenging even in those moments in this small room where we do a walkthrough, it's fast paced. You got to know what you're doing. Um, and just getting thrown in there, you know, it was, there's a lot going through my head, but to see him, how he worked, how he yep. carried himself and how he led, um, you could see where all the success of both he and the Patriots come from. So, uh, you, you don't have a choice, but to just fall in line, just catch up or get left behind. Yeah. That's what I was trying to do the, you know, uh, to get ready to play and protect him. And, and, you know, he's a guy who, you know, when he's clean, he's, you know, one of the best to ever do it, probably the best to ever do it. And, yeah. uh, it was fun seeing his process, you know, his, you know, the time he puts into his body physically, yeah. you know, but even at that age, I would, I would advise even younger guys like that's what it takes. Cause football is, it's a, it's a withdrawal sport. It's, there's not a whole lot that you can do to get back a lot of the, from all, all the hits and, and the amount of, uh, physicality and so he's doing everything he can to kind of be preventative and, and proactive with his body yeah um and that's 
in itself kind of a full-time job. So there's a whole lot that goes into getting yourself ready to perform and sure. excel on Sundays. And he, he's the epitome of, of a, a process, uh, a preparation, and then a performance guy. Yeah, it sounds like he's, he's, his reputation in terms of work ethic just uh, absolutely precedes him. And I, I'm just interested, you know, Marshall, yourself, as someone who's got his finger on the pulse, how much of a surprise it was to see him uh, shift gears, you know, to Tampa. And then, you know, we see Gronk <laughs> following in suit. You know, does that, you know, firstly, just the uh, your feeling about him you know, moving, uh, moving on and making a change at this point of his life and, uh, you know, and just what that's going to mean to Tampa. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think it's anybody who's a football fan. It's, it's, it's a weird sentiment to even consider a Tom Brady, not in a Patriots uniform, let yeah. alone in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform. But, you know, this entire process, it was kind of creeping up and uh, you could see that, you know, there's potential uh, for there to be some change. And, you know, he's a guy who, had been with the Patriots for 20 years and, and honestly had never hit free agency, had never truly hit the free market um, to determine his market value. Yeah. And in turn, had probably taken less than he was worth his entire, most of his career. And so I was excited, you know, to see him get that opportunity because it's, you know, not many times in life will you get that chance, let alone in football. Uh, so to see him take that chance and, you know, I don't know if it was more about getting courted and more or more just about, you know, letting uh, his family get a chance to input and decide yeah. where he goes and his future outside of football, where that could take him in a different place. So, you know, I, you know, I mean, I was excited to see him kind of seize that moment and kind of make it uh, something for himself and his family. And uh, he did just that. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be very happy in Florida, you know, warmer weather, uh, just a different change of scenery in general. Yeah. With the, head coach and, and organization and facilities and teammates. And, you know, sure. it's a lot, but it's also, it'll be refreshing for him. And for, you know, a lot of guys, I've done that a lot where, you know, there's nerves and there's a little anxiety when you first get there, but that breath of fresh air, that, that different scenery uh, can give guys a boost. And I, I highly, you know, I expect him, you know, to be, to put them in a competitive place uh, this yeah. season right away. Uh, he's got that in him. And like you mentioned, signing uh, Rob and, yeah, uh, can only help that him coming off a year of you know kind of really just removing the f physicality of football in his life is a big deal. People don't really understand yeah. what that can mean to you because the physicality bleeds into the mentality and bleeds yep. into the, the emotionality because that stuff takes a toll. Um, you know, it's 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 slowly draining draining uh, a tank that I don't know ever gets filled up. It's just age, a process of you mm -hmm. know the physical t nature of the game. So. Yeah, Tom and, and Rob, I'm sure, are excited for the new opportunity. I'm excited to watch them. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm happy he got that opportunity because it's, one, it's not afforded to a lot of people, especially at the height yeah. of their careers. And, uh, you know, be for him, it's just a, a chance to kind of see what he can do somewhere else. Yeah. So we talk about changes. We talk about moving from uh, sort of from one team to another. I, I, if memory serves me, Marshall, I think probably the first conversation you and I had was – in the context of a sort of an area that's close to my heart and that's sort of helping athletes make a transition, you know, from the field to the next step of their life. And, um, you know, just sort of preparing for the today's podcast, going, going through a little bit about your life, uh, seeing an article in Forbes magazine where, you, you know, you're talking about smart investing. And, I, you know, speaking to other players that I know 
the reputation you you have is, is that, um, and I think this speaks volumes about you, is that you are perceived, and I'm sure you've been uh, told this before, um, as like more, more of a, a thinker, a philosopher kind of guy. I mean, people look to you as a, as, a, as a mentor. But I think that people see you as someone who mentally has realized that muscles atrophy, no one plays forever, and thinking about being less myopic and thinking about their life you know, outside of the field, I guess there's two questions. Number one, why do you think it's it, it's a repeated, I think it's a repeated concern that a lot of the players um, don't plan for their life after they they hang up their cleats and then there's a jolting reacclimation. Uh, that's one. And number two, um, what have you done that, that's been different? Because I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, A, because I know you, but B, speaking to other people, you know, your reputation is someone who has been looking at ideas, investments while you're playing, which I think is so much healthier. And you've sort of built a, you built an experience, you built a little portfolio. So the transition by definition is not going to be, you know, suddenly wake up the next day and say, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah, it's uh, something that's been near and dear to me. I'm, I'm fortunate to have two great parents who stress, you know, individual accountability and, you know, planning for the future. And especially when it comes to football, knowing that this is temporary, uh, it's just a small part of your life yeah. uh, overall. So yeah, from the beginning, you know, I had that priest on me, but it, you know, it takes a certain amount of time and a certain amount of awareness for that to set in and it be part of uh, your own mental thought process. So yeah, there's just been a, a, a certain amount of uh, natural curiosity that I was I'm born with. And um, that, just allows me to kind of always be seeking information, always be asking questions and um, being one who just like wants to absorb being a sponge in situations and, you know, being open and okay with uh, not knowing everything and and having things that can lead you in different directions and pursuing them. Cause you know, when you're young, that's kind of the time to do it. Uh, Even in the NFL, you know, there are a lot of doors that the NFL being a part of the NFL, opens that can you know lead to amazing opportunities so um a lot of that you know kind of brings into the financial aspect is that um the money you make you know has to last you a lifetime outside of you finding another career and so it's just a a different mindset that i had to kind of click into um as far as planning for the future but also being proactive about it you know whether that's uh, as an investor or uh, an entrepreneur or just someone who wants to glean advice from other investors or other entrepreneurs. So um, I've taken as many opportunities as I can. I think my uh, journey in the league has been pretty, you know, sporadic, as I guess you'd say. I've, I've, I've been in all over the country, eight different teams, uh, a lot of different markets, but, I, you know, I've taken each opportunity kind of like, oh, there's a different kind of person, a different kind of sector here that I could figure out. So in New York, there's a lot of financial, mm-hmm. um, a lot of financial connections I can make or just mentors sure. in general. And I lived in San Francisco and there was a lot of tech oh, sure. and entrepreneurial stuff and startup. And so I did my best to kind of just um, branch out as much as I could using, you know, being a player to my advantage. And it's one of the aspects of being an NFL is that they take from you. They take a lot of your youth and your physicality and all that stuff. But You've got to be of the mindset that you're going to get something for that. Uh, you're going to take something for yourself. And so that was, that's been a big part of my attitude uh, since I've been in the NFL. 
So if we take that to its logical conclusion, if you and I had to fast forward 10, 15 years from now, in a perfect world, we, we, you know, how would you like to sort of see your career continuing the first decade, let's say, post post playing? Is it sort of, is there, I guess there's a lot of options, but is there any specific um, sort of route that, you know, you can see yourself uh, focusing on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's areas that I naturally kind of lean into. Um, yeah, that's a big part of my process now, knowing that, you know, I'll be done sooner than later in the NFL. And so figuring out what's next. And yeah. a lot of that is looking like, you know, it could be, you know, from an investor standpoint, I, I think it's more of just like, I don't want my life to just have a, a normal nine to five. I just, I think that, yeah, that I think would it. be selling myself short. And so yeah. that could take, that could take a lot of different routes and a lot of different perspectives, but um, you know, I've been involved in startup companies and, and as an angel investor, uh, I've been in startup companies as, you know, uh, an advisor on a board. Um, I've, you know, spoken to a lot of uh, well-respected uh, wealth managers and financial sure. advisors uh, about roles in that world. So there's a lot of things that I, I know that I can learn to be good at and that I have a natural curiosity for that I could um, pursue um, in, the, in the course of a, a MBA prep and figuring out business school after this. So there's um, a lot of opportunities that are afforded to you as a player that I'm trying to take advantage of, but you know, it's, it's hard to really pin one thing yeah, down, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm so excited for there to be an opportunity. And as the days go by, I try to narrow it down so that I can have a better focus and a better, um, sure. a better target in sight. But yeah, I'm so, I'm excited for um, what that'll look like. You know, I can't say exactly what that will be. I hope part of that includes a wife and a family, but outside of oh. that, it's hard to say. So I, I well, the, the wife and the family thing, I, I can tell you as someone who thankfully is very happily married for 26 years, uh, I want to share with our listeners something which I think, I think, it, it, you know, dovetails with the show, but it, it, it's very apropos, Marshall. And that is um, in, in marriage, you know, it, it's very important for a person to go from I to we um, and to have a flexibility and to realize that there's, you know, that things happen. Uh, I will say this at the risk of, uh, I don't mean to embarrass you. I mean, this in the, in the most complimentary, complimentary way. So for our listeners, um, here's what happened. And I think it's an important life lesson. Uh, and the fact that it happened to Marshall speaks volumes. So about a week ago, we, we had set up our, uh, our show. We did a whole show <laughs> and literally within seconds after the show, uh, we, we realized that due to a technical impasse, the entire show was not recorded. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, our producer's going to call Marshall back and he's going to rip him, you know, rip his head off. And uh, you were not only gracious, uh, Marshall, but, you know, I wasn't on the call, but I, you, 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 were, uh, you, you were just courteous and it just, it just, it just speaks volumes of, of, of the kind of person that you are. And so there's no question in my mind that you've got what it takes uh, to you know, to share your life with someone. On that on, on that note, um, there's two things that I try and ask you know all, all of our uh, our guests, and that is, if you could choose anyone in the world, anyone in the world, for that matter, you know, dead or alive, uh, you know, to spend to spend a dinner with, ask any questions you want. Is there is there any person that intrigues you um, as someone who's 
you know, you want to get their thoughts as someone who you look, you look up to. You know, it could be maybe more than one person. Like if you, if the genie came out of a bottle and you were given that time, is there anyone in particular that that you just, you know, you would choose as the person that you would go to dinner with? Um, yeah, I think besides me, I've thought thought about it before, but it could be cliche, but I think, uh, a person like Bill Gates will, I mean, will will literally be talked about, um, forever. Yeah. Just from the way that he got to where he is. Yeah. And, you know, we could, you know, the, the, the actual monetary wealth is one thing, but that doesn't concern me. It's, it's using that status that he's used. Absolutely. In such a philanthropic and beneficial way to the world and not in a perfect way, but attempting uh, to right what he feels are, are inequities and are wrongs. Absolutely. And, you know, he's a, a voracious reader and is just uh, such an interesting person that, you know, I'd, I'd be in the room with him and I, you know, I, he would make me feel less than, but I absolutely would be like, all right, I, I don't know if I even deserve to be in this room with you, but he's a person that just intrigues me kind of endlessly. Um, because someone in his position has every chance, every potential chance to take advantage of their power. Um, and to me, it speaks a lot to, you know, how much he has attempted and has done for people who are less fortunate. Uh, and you know, and that continues to this day and then he's had ripple effects. I think that'll continue throughout the world and throughout time, but you know, he's the guy that kind of first comes to mind that also being in a tech, starting a tech company, tech that I'm interested in is, uh, would be kind of icing on the cake, but just the philanthropic nature yeah. and the man himself, I think that would be an interesting, interesting guy to, to talk with. Well, I, I, I think that also speaks volumes about what you find important, which, which uh, brings me, I guess, to, to the final question as we, as we, as we wrap this up and just PS up, I've got my producer triple checking that this is recorded, so uh, <laughs> so we could. If uh, he has a question that I think is definitely a, a terrific way to uh, to wrap up, and and and, and it's food for thought for our audience. Uh, I think mainly millennials. You're at your ninety fifth birthday. A lot of lot of candles on the cake. Uh, there's a boom mic, cameras cameras going around the table. You've got your significant other. Uh, you got your family, you got your kids, your best buddies. What do you want them to be saying about you? Uh, man, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not one for like flattery, and that's kind of interesting. That that kind of question pops up, but um, I would just hope that they, you know, um, that I, I touched a lot of people, you know, in a positive way as far as being empathetic and positive and uplifting because that's it's really easy to be the opposite i mean everything everything in your day from the coffee you pour in the morning to the the commute you have to work to the food you eat there's chances to kind of take it in a negative direction and you know positivity gets this weird rap of just you know people seeing that they're too cool to be positive or that uplifting and, and jovial and positive people are annoying to them or whatever, whatever that might be. I just think that genuine positivity and outlook on the world, I think has an outstanding effect 
because you just never know what person who, who come you come across. Yeah. It might not be a, someone who recognizes it in the moment. Yeah. It might be years down the road and either impact you had on them in that moment, whether you were attempting to do it or not, just by seeing the brighter side of things uh, can be a huge, huge game changer in their life or the person they come across as life. Um, and so I think more of that in the world uh, overall and in that sense would, would change things in an amazing way. I mean, we, yeah. we live more individualistic lives than we ever have before. It's encouraged almost to a certain point. And we forget that we are very connected and uh, yeah. you know, in the, within that connection, there's a um, chance to make serious impact in someone's life just by being a, a, a beacon and a light uh, for them. Sometimes in very general ways, uh, in a mood way, or sometimes in very specific ways, uh, in a sacrificial mentor kind of way, a sacrificial um, helping someone up, pulling them up where you are, or, or pushing them along, guiding them kind of way. All that, all those things add up. They compound to me. You know, it's a compounding interest of positivity, uh, yep. in my opinion. So I think I'd hope that they would speak to that. I can say the following, Marshall. In in the time that I've uh, I've got to get to know you. One of the catalysts for this for us launching the show is being around a lot of high-profile people. It's sort of the nature of what I do. Uh, you know, I was very concerned that people sometimes use their platform as a public persona, um, you know, in a way to disseminate certain you know uh, values or, or, or narcissism that might not necessarily you know be, be the best thing for uh, for kids today. And you, you've used your platform in, in, in a way to be you know. The gentle giant, uh, the, you know, very altruistic person. I can just tell you, I, I take this pretty seriously. Before we have, you know, folks in the show, and I, I, I spoke to a few guys that you know, some of them you, you've played with before. Only kind words were said, and the league is uh, a better place with with people like you involved. And I, I think, on a, on behalf of our listeners, wish you continued success, um, both on the field and off the field, and. Uh, I know, at least I'm very optimistic that we're going to hear the uh, you know a lot more about you, about the, the the light that you will bring to the world, even after you know you hang up your uh, your cleats. So again, Marshall, I want to thank you for your time, continued success, and we look forward to seeing you uh, again in the years ahead. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Anthony. Round two, great, excellent.